Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Eugenio Flexer Roger. My brothers and sisters in Christ, join me every other Wednesday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday culture. That's what we call Christian genuflexing. about the Blessed Virgin Mary, um, mysticism, a lot about that. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, John of the Cross. Uh, we talked St. Teresa Avila. Um, it's good to be back. I enjoyed that last talk we had. It sort of ties into this one if you think about it because we did mention some of the, the guy there, Pseudo Dionysius, who wrote and who, whom Thomas Aquinas cites uh, quite a bit in his writings. Uh, you know, who sort of had a huge impact on um, Christian mysticism from early on, and then also who wrote a lot about the heavenly hierarchies, specifically the, the angels. And again, Aquinas does sort of cite him a lot, uh, and, and probably some of his understandings of that uh, was, you know, maybe mystical revelations or uh, just deep meditations on the scripture. Because at the end of the day, what we know about angels comes from the scriptures. Uh, so we can always go back to that. And uh, if we really want to know uh, how God wants to wants us to know about angels. But uh, we do have some good uh, meditations and writings on that that sort of expand on that that are really fascinating, you know. Um, and so, yeah, it's going to be fun to talk about that a little bit today off the back and lead us into all the other talks uh it's going to be about angels as you were saying so i'm excited to talk about this but i heard one from saint thomas aquinas and one of the questions was demon babies i don't know if you ever did you ever hear about that demon babies i don't not in, in the context of thomas aquinas yes view so uh, so this is how it's kind of set up is can uh a demon because they are fallen angels, can they produce a baby? And so Thomas Aquinas was was writing, and pretty much he was saying that, like, for example, uh, when angels come, or if God sends one of his messengers down to earth, he could, it can be to us, to our, to our eyes, obviously, because they don't have bodies, they're pure spirit, there's pure intellect, they don't have bodies like us, but God could uh, give them a form where they can manifest as a human, but it's not a clear cut, like a concrete material body. So uh, again, th- again, there, there's some things that, that would go back and forth, but so he, they can present, like, for example, let's say one of the angels could present themselves as a human, but Thomas Aquinas was writing that they don't, they're not really human. So they don't have that actual material 100% forms, the atoms, the genes, all that stuff like that because they're not. Uh, so Thomas Aquinas would say in that way, he would say, no, they can't produce offsprings. But it was interesting because this is where it gets a little wild. And I thought that's what this was, I would lead with this because it's kind of like a, Thomas Aquinas was saying, like, I know if you've heard of like a incubus and a succubus, those, those uh, types of fallen angels. Uh, he was saying that, how do you say it? pretty much that uh, the like a succubus and an incubus could kind of collaborate and actually like use the material needed 
I guess, how he said it, you know, the way Thomas Aquinas, uh, the way use the material needed to actually impregnate a woman and actually the woman could actually birth a a baby so i guess in essence a demon baby but but thomas <laughs> that's yeah, it's weird i've never but heard this thomas aquinas yeah it's, it's crazy not a lot of people but but thomas aquinas did say that the child that would have been if, if it's possible would have been birthed by the demon the child would not be like half demon, half human. It would have to still be a, bl- it would a, have a, to a soul be a, from God. Yeah. You know, created so by it, God, loved by God, maybe with special attributes from the you know entity or whatever. Uh, perhaps. Maybe that's where giants came yeah. from. <laughs> well, you know, was, but they yeah. would still be souls. I mean, like they could not be souls because if you look into the metaphysical aspect of it, it couldn't exist if it didn't have a soul. You yeah. Know, it has to have a soul. Like. Yeah. But he was saying that it's not like it's not like the baby would be half demon because the way he said it, it the demons could manipulate what is needed to create one, but it, it wouldn't be uh-huh. like it's like, oh, it's half of my uh dynamic stuff. So anyway, it's it's real wild. It's real interesting. I don't know too much a lot about it, so I can't get it, but I thought that's so There's interesting. There's a line here that makes me think of from the Summa Theologia where he says an angel can know bodies without sensing them. Hmm. So I, I you know, no, you know, the term no is I am not sure if he's using it in a sexual context there, but Well know, usually it, well again, that that's that's one thing. Know body. I I would be interested. I, yeah. I won't say one way or the other. It's, it's something to think about. Uh you know, hopefully all that was wiped out by the flood if that did happen yeah. back you know. Now I do know usually in biblical terms in the old testament to know somebody would be like right. he knew his wife and she knew you know. So I don't but know. It's but it's not always in that context. Yes, in the it's New Testament always. it's it's used outside of that context yeah. some too. Mm-hmm. So that that's another interesting thing and I I thought I would kind of lead off with that because I found that just fascinating that Thomas Aquinas actually like again he answers talks about many questions or many uh things that people are talking about and and he answers most of them or if not all of them but this that was one question that he had so if you guys want to kind of like go down a wild path just type in i guess you can google uh thomas aquinas uh demon babies and yeah, i don't have to read sure. that one so now that that's out of the way uh let's get to more things that are more um that i think we have more of a less background. speculative yeah, you go. Right? we have more of a background on them and the fall of the angels um i want to lead off with this question i never really thought about this um what if you know the the uh the one sin that can't be forgiven blaspheme against the holy spirit right mm-hmm. we see that in new testament paul talks about that um this idea kind of comes from uh, some of the other church fathers but really it, it comes into form uh from the venerable Fulton J. Sheen. Uh-huh. And he kind of talks about, um, and again, I don't know, I don't, I don't think he's saying it literally, but he kind of says it kind of like a metaphorically or in passing, he does say something about that. Maybe the original sin, as we know, as like St. Augustine, you know, like in the fourth century, the original sin, as we know it, uh-huh. he might, he was saying Fulton Sheen was like the original sin might've been the fall of the angels before humans even came. Sure. So in a way, well, in a I mean, way, like, I see what he's saying. They're like when you look up, when you think about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, yeah. it's like 
is a human being really even capable of doing that in, in, in its fullness? Like, I mean, like it would be, we would be hard pressed to even really be able to do that because we don't really understand exactly what the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. We only have glimpses of it. Somebody may think they understand the Holy Spirit and say mean things about it, but that's not really blasphemy because if they did know who the Holy Spirit was and they felt that love and then turned around and blasphemed, that would be different. And that's kind of what the angels would have done because they would have had superior knowledge, superior wisdom, so that when they rebelled against God, they did so with full knowledge. So when they blasphemed, they really did so. You know, whereas like in a human being, you know, you can't really, it would be difficult for us to really blaspheme the Holy Spirit if we don't really know who He is. And many of us don't really have a deep relationship with Him, only really mystics and and those super spiritual folks get to have those those deep encounters but the rest of us can sort of read about it and, and sort of envision it a little bit but uh an angel would know far more than we would so when they committed that original sin they're doing so and they're going to be fully uh what is it implicit complicit yeah. uh in, in that act you know they're 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 guilty and i guess to an unforgivable level they would have had to know there was no turning back yes and so Angels, they're not, they don't have bodies of pure spirit, pure intellect. So when they rejected God, God gave them the choice, you know, the choice to, to, to be in heaven, to serve him and, you know, non-servium, the, the devil, what it said, Lucifer, the fallen angel. And I think they said one third of the angels fell. Mm-hmm. To me, that's kind of, to me, it ties into that, that blaspheme against the Holy Spirit is what they're talking about. Is that because some people say, well, how come the angels can't? repent right have you ever because this this is this is my take on that this is my theory because they did so in eternity they didn't do so in space and time so when they did so it was signed still delivered right there you know unlike us we are in time and so our fates aren't necessarily signed still delivered yet but when they did so they did so in a different state of being that we're in and so it was like in an eternal state, they were in an eternal state already. So when they did that, it was done somehow, paradoxically, in an eternal state. It was you know altered. There's a lot of paradoxes when you look really deep into the, the nature of creation. But I mean, there's paradoxes in science, biology, physics, like nearly everything. There's probably hundreds of paradoxes that we can't explain. Either. Yeah, unlike us, like again, like unlike us, like the angels saw the full consequences of everything that was going to happen in that moment. Um, there is some also some theological uh, back and forth on they knew way more. So they, they saw, and some of them even speculated that they saw God becoming man. And I like so. they're above yeah. us and to worship a creature below them. Again, in their understanding of like, wait, God's going to become one of them. So uh, that might have been pride. Again, one of them fall. So, like, they saw all the consequences of their actions beforehand, right? Perhaps, maybe not all of it in its entirety, but at least far more than we're capable of understanding. Yes. You know? And I was thinking, um, somebody was saying that there, it's possible that they, yeah, they saw everything, all the consequences, but they didn't have the actual beatific vision. Right. That's just what I've heard. Again, that's nothing said, but, like, maybe they didn't see the full actual the beatific vision of God. Because then someone was like, wait a minute. Well, if they're in heaven and we're going to, if we, uh, we, if we go to heaven, uh, we die in, in grace and in God's love and we see the beatific vision that it's going to be perfect. It's going to be 
100% pure just joy and bliss and knowledge and all that. Like, why would anyone turn for that? And that's one theological speculation is, well, why, why would the angels is God did give them a choice and they saw the consequence, like they saw all their consequences, I mean, even Jesus, yeah. but maybe they didn't see, they weren't, they weren't, they didn't see the actual beatific vision. There, Everything else. There could not, have been a know. great deal of work placed in front of the angels that God was saying, you know, yes, you can, you know, you're a part of this family, but like, it wasn't as though angels were just sitting there in heaven in bliss. You know, they had functionality as well. They they had roles, and they still do, to where they're working, essentially. They're working as servants for God as well. So just like any human being, like, uh, you know, being subservient sometimes can be a drag, I guess. And, you know, on an eternal level, it's just much more serious. And perhaps maybe there was some of that going on, like, uh, at some high level you know, supernatural way outside of our ability to sort of understand. Um, but we do know they have jobs, you know. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, well, this you're currently reading. This book actually was one of my mom's old books, and I found it not long ago. It's actually a daily devotional. I think it has a daily, it's like a monthly devotional. And it's a, vo- a, a devotional on the on St. Michael and the angels. Uh, it's compiled from approved, like, Catholic sources, you know, so it quotes St. Thomas in there some. Um, it quotes uh, probably some Bible verses as well, too. And then it talks about, in detail, about the choirs of angels, you know, the nine choirs, St. Michael, St. Raphael, St. Gabriel. And, uh, you know, if you look into a Protestant Bible, you won't find mention of St. Raphael. So we can talk a little bit about him today, some. Those three who are mentioned in the Western, you know, Catholicism and the Roman Rite. You know, uh, outside of those three, the named angels, it gets Yeah, because you're you not know? supposed to actually, like, name... So people say, two guardian angels. You ever heard that? And, and of course, the, the myth, or not myth, but, mi- yeah, misconception, I guess, and with a lot of, I guess, um, people I've known, and even uh, I've heard people that would like, yeah, I have a guardian angel, which we all do, but it's like, well, I'm, I name my guardian angel so-and-so. Or, I, oh, I give my guardian angel a name. Uh, and I know that's like a innocent practice that people don't realize. You know, it's just an innocent thing. I remember people would always say, oh, name your guardian angels. But that's not because naming, remember in, in the book of Genesis, like when yeah. man names things, you have a certain a certain kind of ownership of it. Yeah. And so uh, the church would say that that we shouldn't name our angel. Uh, and, and And that's... You know, for good reason, but also the main reason is also coerce or, or try to find your angel's name. And if you try to do that or conjure it up or something like that, you don't know who's uh, answering you. So I that's mean, why the like, church would say is it's true. Stay like, away don't from, talk yeah. with angels. Like, yeah, the idea is it's you know, like I get that. I mean, if, if a kid wanted to give their angel a nickname, to me, it's like there are brothers. There are brothers too. So it's like I would say that the safe bet is like, yeah, just saying, you know, my guardian angel. Or something like that. Um, and then also, too, another little thing is is some people... Because, again, I, I believe it comes from an innocent place. I mean, a Protestant um, would say the safe bet would be not to pray at all. Yeah. You know? <laughs> not to say the angel prayer. Angel name, Michael, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, the idea of having a devotion to an angel or saying a, pra- a prayer to an angel or asking them to pray for us is certainly a very Catholic... Yeah. 
definitely uh, thing. So it's for those Protestants or non-Catholics that are listening. It's certainly not about worshiping the angels. It's like the angels worship God, and we worship sort of alongside them sure. or under them in the heavenly hierarchy. You know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would say is um, another thing that people would say or think, or again, I think an innocent thing uh, would be, well, when we pass away we're going to become angels, you know, and that, that's something I've, I've heard it too. I don't know if you heard it growing up, but like, Oh, or when somebody passes away, a grandpa, a grandma, and you'd be like, Oh, now they're an angel in heaven. And I think it's an innocent thing to think but like, it's not like it might lead people to think that, Oh, when we die, we really do become angels. And those are separate. Like those are different creatures. Uh, the angels are created by God. They rely on God, even the bad ones. They wouldn't have their existence without God. It could be easy for someone to confuse yes. Catholic beliefs of what happens to the body and the soul after life. Yeah. That it's similar yeah. in some ways. There's similar properties where the body and soul end up and sort of how that works. We know that saints can sort of act as intercessory prayers too, sort of like the angels do. So there are similarities in eternity, in eternity but yes, well, we, we don't. We're, yeah, we're, no, we are we're actually there. somewhat more than that with the body there somehow. Uh, more of a, a reflection of the Trinity, you know, than the angels who are lacking there in the body, you know, uh, and perhaps that was maybe one of the things that led to the fall, you know. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the fall, and I know before even Adam and Eve came into the world, there was something not right about it, and I remember Fulton Sheen talked about what we talked about is like maybe the original sin uh, was the angels making that choice and. There, no Lucifer's I will not serve proclamation, his rebellion, the angels' rebellion, one third of them, they say, that put a ripple in the entire lake, you know? And you can see that from there, no, something was amiss in the universe and could have led to, you know, Adam and Eve, the fall. Um, what I it never is, really thought about it's that. It's just a, it, what this is. This is a natural consequence of God expressing His divine love, you know. Because before He creates human, before He creates the universe, he creates the heavens, He creates the angels, as an expression of love to love, to be loved, and to receive love and then reciprocate His love. But a natural consequence of love, especially love, can't exist without free will. A natural consequence of those two things there is going to be a rebellion. So by, you know, loving, by choosing to share that love, by expressing the perfect love of the Holy Trinity and creating these new heavenly bodies that have free wills, it was just a natural thing, you know, that that was going to happen, you know. However, they still had free will, you know. It it wasn't as though they were created, you know, uh, in vain or anything as such but uh, created to love and then of course we come along then after that happens the venerable fulton j sheen said it could be therefore the fall of the angels accounted for maybe the chaos that was on earth as described in the book of genesis there is every indication that something went wrong before man was made now maybe this evil influence is going to affect man so he he talks about something about if, if if the the angels, the creatures were we were made we're lower than them and kind of put under their supervision as you would say for the angels, the angels rebelled against God, causing the effects somehow 
to register in this material world, this material universe. It makes sense if something complicates a big old giant machine. If there's one disturbance somewhere, you know, a break, a clog, something, there's going to be a disturbance in the entire machine. Well, that's, that's true. I never like, really thought about before. We, if you look at the way that that Augustine and Aquinas looked at the universe, the cosmos, natural world, you know, Augustine, uh, he believed that there are angels who preside over every visible thing and over every species, uh, whether an animate or inanimate. So that means a mountain could even have a guardian angel, a sun or a star, a meteorite even. Uh, and then, and then Thomas Aquinas later would teach that uh, each star, planet, and sun, every heavenly body, even the greatest, has its own guardian angel to keep in it its course to prevent any possible aberration. You know, I mean, like, who knows what kind of assignments God gives? Because Aquinas will later go on to say that each angel is its own separate species. So it's like, it's they're not just like. They're not like this. They're not. I mean, like, think about that for a second. I mean, think about all the different species here on Earth, separate species, and like, you know, maybe one of the, one species could be representative of you know one whole choir of angels, for instance, you know, or one whole legion of angels. You know, think of a flock of birds. You know, like the way that the way that things work. We know that the natural world. We know that human, or uh, uh, what we think are human creations, are actually just projections of the kingdom of heaven. You know, and so when we see a hierarchy set up in a kingdom yeah. here on earth, we know that that really comes from God. Yeah. It's a almost like a a you know? kind of like the Plato's cave analogy, I guess. You can when they're they're trapped inside, and they see the shadows of they see almost like this world is like everything in this world is real. But it's it might be shadows of mm-hmm. of heaven. Well, obviously we know it comes from heaven. In how and what way exactly? You know, we don't know like how our senses are and how we see the world and projection. That we don't really know for sure. Uh, but yeah, like you'll be more realer than real. You know, once yeah. that's why God became man is to help us become kind of like analogy of of a tin soldier coming to life i think c.s mm-hmm. lewis talks about something like that become more real the pinocchio i guess if you will to become the real yeah. boy the re- realer than real and kind of like a like a platonic kind of like the the cave kind of like that in the republic um but i, I you, yeah you're talking about every- so if you think about it like this though like so you have if you have a natural order of things and part of the functionality of that natural order you could just say it's all god that put it into place and made it that way, you could say it's God affecting it constantly, or you could say perhaps maybe it's a little bit of both, or he gave roles to the angels to affect the universe in his orderly fashion. And it's like you were saying, if 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 some of those angels rebel, then there is going to be distortion in the universe, because if they are carrying out God's, you know, they're sort of doing it sort of attached to God, almost like his hands or his arms coming down, or, you know, into the universe from heaven, uh, then if some of them rebelled, then of course it would create some chaos in the universe, yeah. in an orderly it, universe. Yeah, a know? ripple in the way, like, and it come down to us. And then maybe too, uh, because again, some of these the, these angels might have been like, we might have been under their supervision uh, mm-hmm. as a lower creature than angels 
because we are we're, we're made lower than them right now as humans and the ones that rebelled you can see how that would affect it uh and the good ones trying to fight back because i guess uh you know matthew on 18 matthew 18 verse 10 mm-hmm. it says see that you do not despise one of these little ones for I tell you that in heaven, their angels always behold the face of my Father who is in heaven. Yeah, he's talking about the children's so the, yeah. angels there, guardian angels. So we children. see the guardian angels clearly clearly there as we're talking about how like there's different species of angels. Some might have different jobs. Like some mm-hmm. some might have just like there, there are guardian angels only for like humans. And then some might have another job. Uh, some might, again, like we see... Uh, you're talking about Raphael. Mm-hmm. We see Gabriel. He might have been, you know, again, he came to to, to the Blessed Virgin Mary. He mm-hmm. might be God's right hand man messenger. Go do this message. And he, of course, Mike, uh, Saint Michael, the Archangel. And you see these different. There, there could be different species to where they have different jobs, like you said. Yeah, different right? functionalities. Yeah, they're, the archangels are are the chiefs. So you know, there's probably a whole heavenly host of of messenger angels that perhaps Gabriel is in charge of, you know, and perhaps a whole me- uh, legion of healing angels that Raphael's in charge of. This is all just speculation, but it's something to contemplate on as you read the scripture and, and you read some of the, the verses there that do you speak of the angels, their roles, you know, where they are at, you know, positioned in the, in the kingdom of heaven and, and how they function, you know. And it's limited what we know, but, uh, you know, we do have... It's it we can we it's not just Christian uh, tradition that we we do receive we do know information about angels from other traditions as well. Yes, and like what we're talking about that is like the nine choirs. If some somebody's listening, maybe they're they're new convert or even Catholic, and they just never really you know really heard of the nine choirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the first one, angels, as what we talked about. It says that's, like that's the lowest. The lowest that would be yes. guardian angels. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was gonna say because they're the closest to the material world. But 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 I will say that like just just because they're considered the lowest doesn't necessarily no, mean no 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 no. Uh, they're just lowest as far as probably they're just kind of in charge of one human being maybe or perhaps a yeah, family. Yeah, not lower like in a derogatory yeah. way, but but they also like deliver prayers yeah. to God. We we, um, we, we yeah, they're they're looking directly upon the face of God. So, you know, as the child, you know, is born, they're probably assigned an angel and that angel probably has special privileges uh, yeah. you know, these, from God. That's this, why it's spoken. That's why Christ says that in the Gospel of Matthew, you know. Yeah, this is the one that we talked about this is when we talk about guardian angels this choir of angels just the regular angels would be the guardian angels that mm-hmm. would be the ones that are closest to us on earth and then from there the second choir would be like you mentioned uh archangels you mm-hmm. kind of want to go into to that a little bit on the archangels so the archangels can be a little bit confusing especially if you're just starting to look into the heavenly hierarchies because we refer to saint michael as an archangel we refer to gabriel as an archangel uh, in most circumstances, uh, but we also refer to Michael as being um, one of the higher-ranking angels because he's described as rising up to in, to uh, fight the the enemy there. And so, some speculate that he was perhaps a lower angel and then promoted. Um, so, an archangel basically arc would would just mean chief. So they're a chief angel. They're a chief over something. Now, uh, you know, they're they're chiefs over something. This choir of angels uh i'm not really sure the original rationale of why they broke that down but they wanted to do nine because they wanted to tier it in three levels and they wanted to have three separate things in each level because again that's a meta 
uh, sort of projection of the Trinity, three, you know, three, three, and three. Um, and so it makes sense to sort of break it down in that way. As, as for the name archangels, I just assume that they think that there's angels that are perhaps over uh, an entire country, maybe, or an entire state, or, or an angel that's, that's looking after a, a church congregation. And so, you know, there's, it's not just our angels out there on their own. They have other angels helping them and, and higher-ranking angels helping them as well. And I have also associated with the archangels is like what we're talking about, um, Raphael, that you had mentioned earlier. You know, and we see him in the book of Tobit, trying he's going to deliver Sarah from the from the demon, heal Tobit, and that's also associated with with the archangel. And let me read the the book of Tobit from uh, chapter twelve, verse five. It says, "I am Raphael." One of the seven angels who stands in the glorious presence of the Lord, ready to serve him. So, again, in our tradition, we have those the book of Tobit. Uh, now, the Protestants, um, they don't have this book. Uh, but uh, that's why some some won't know what you're talking Some Some have heard it in passing, because I know Protestants heard Raphael. And even some of them even, um, of course, not like keep hold them high or anything like that. But some of them definitely be like, uh, even... You know, like, oh, yeah, uh, the angel Raphael. So I've heard them some mention. It's not all Protestants don't. But, but most, more, it would be like the Orthodox and it's the Catholics. It's a good book. If you're a like Protestant that. and you're not sure about something like the Book of Tobit, it's something to, re- to research and look into because it was Christian canon for everybody for many years up to a certain point. And that, that goes for, you can look at the Ethiopian Bible. They've got 88 books. All these books are worth looking at. It's just there's some schisms as far as which ones are canonical or not. But the Book of Tobit is great, especially if you're Catholic, um, because you really do get a glimpse, and then you get some validation as far as an angelic role being, he says he's one of the seven at the throne of God. Well, that is a reference to the Book of Revelation, where they're talking about the, the kingdom of heaven. And then that's a, that's, a, that's a, well, before we jump ahead, but that's kind of a precursor to the, the, the hierarchy, the, the tier of thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, thrones up there, kind of right there next to God in heaven. And there he comes down, manifested into a human being. Looks like a person, I think, as he's dealing there with Tobit and Tobias, and concocts a healing uh, concoction for him, heals his father's blindness. Um, And so Raphael is thus known as the healing agent, the medicine of God, some might call him. Principalities, uh, some would say that they're actually far away from god in the angelic hierarchy but clo- but 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 uh powerful enough to be over the other angels but also that can communicate with us so the next one the principalities some would say that they are the furthest from the hierarchy of angels so they're better to like actually communicate with us humans and in a way that we can actually understand because even though they're powerful, even though they're powerful and but they are still away from God enough to able to kind of like, again, the ant to a human trying to understand. It's kind of something like that. Um, they also have command of the lower angels. So and they they're used in the fulfillment of divine orders. So. Yeah, this is you know. It, there's a, there's a there's a meaning there of the the principalities. There's a purpose. There's kind of like they saw this tier as being over the princess. Yeah. So if you're a prince, if you're a ruling class, if you're a king, nations, the you church, know, yes, then, churches, then nations. This would be an angel that was perhaps 
you know, uh, and this is theoretical, assigned functionality over uh, an entire kingdom of something like that. And then, of course, the, the hierarchy breaks down fractally out uh, from there down into the archangels and the angels. And the powers, this is a cool one, too, because they're known as the warrior angels. And their main fight is against bad, the devil. It's like spiritual you know, warfare, Yeah, right? Yeah, spiritual yeah. warfare. So that sounds really cool. In this like book here, it, it talks about all of the tiers, but it talks about um, the powers, someone has said, are the favorites among mortals. Yeah, because they help us fight, yeah. cast out any evil yeah, they're uh, appointed passions, vices. In a special way to fight against the evil spirits and to f- defeat their wicked plans. Um, we see storms gathering either in the church or in the state. Um, mm. um, and then, yeah, so, and then back there on principalities, uh, they would say their duties are executive in regard to the visible world of men. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, you go from the principalities in the visible world and then you kind of transition into the Spiritual invisible world, world yes where the powers are now there working and they're tempting us uh, probably at every moment of every day we just it's subtle and we can't really tell but they're there you know and the name power all is also because they have power over the devil mm-hmm. and the evil spirit so i thought right. they're the warrior angels i thought it was pretty cool sure. the virtues now this is one where we go further back now they're more in charge of the like elements i guess we would say in the material world or certain elements and these are the referred to as the shining ones the oh, spirits yeah. of motion i guess you can say and that's kind of what we're talking about like nature more yeah yeah so it's more like associated or help out i guess with certain miracles so that that's pretty like like kind of what we're saying like where we're getting farther and farther away uh this is more the spirits of the motion this is more nature this is more elemental kind of so the virtues are interesting this says right here it is through the virtues through them also the virtues that god governs the seasons the visible heavens and the elements in general all the angels of the lower hierarchy have charge of them Mm, yeah so they're still having charge over their individual flock of birds or you know grove of yeah. trees or volcanic mountain or whatever but the virtues are sort of uh you know over that overseers of of that in its entirety you know interesting to think about and they're doing that from the invisible they're not doing that in this world they're somehow doing that from outside of this world uh perhaps working in what we know as dark matter, you know, on the other end of a black hole maybe is where they're at, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's fun to theorize about. Now, the ones that, the dominions, they render God's justice. They also help the the lower-ranking angels. So maybe, um, maybe like supervisors, I guess you could say. I guess if you're in the office type, I guess these are like the supervisors, if you will, the lower-ranking, kind of help them stay organized and help them to, you know, perform their duties so the, the, these keep, I guess, the proper order. Yeah. So I would think of them as supervisors, I guess. So somebody should make a show about that. Like, oh, you know what? That, that just gave me a good idea. What, what if somebody made a show about the nine choirs of angels, but like a comedy show? So like the Dominions are just like regular people, but they're like supervisors. Right. <laughs> they're like, I, could, I just thought. Well, let's say like if you watch The Office. Yeah, like there you maybe- go. Michael, <laughs> yeah, Michael Scott, Scott might be the Dominion, He's a Dominion and, then, yeah. and then his regional manager would be up in the other hierarchy. Exactly, that's a cool and then show. Dwight perhaps would be, <laughs> you know, uh, the uh, uh, virtues there, yeah, and, uh, down below. But 
Yeah, maybe we. That's could. interesting. I just thought about that right now because they are they're pretty much like a supervisor, the Dominion. So they um, are. Uh, this is right here. This book says, therefore, these bright spirits, and we're talking about the Dominions, make known to us the commands of God, and their main virtue is zeal for the maintenance of the king's <laughs> authority. So, like, you know, the, that's an important role. I mean, you can kind of see there, it's, it's about the God's heavenly authority there and ensuring that that gets carried out uh, in the most appropriate way. Yeah. So now follow that, God's laws and you'll never have to, you know, go toe-to-toe. Oh, that, that's with, it. With that's the, simple. Just dominion. follow his laws. <laughs> now, remember, yeah. these, these, there is a contrast of these hierarchies, you know, and some people even have names for the opposite end of these. If you go down, you know, there is an, a mirror or a reverse image of the heavenly hierarchies for fallen angels. But remember, the heavenly angels outnumber the fallen angels two to one or three to one. And we already know the outcome of the battle. They win. The heavenly angels win. So we're just kind of enduring now until that victory. Now, speaking of what well, we kind of going on the theme, we're talking about the thrones. Yeah. I guess these would be more of like district managers or something like that. Because they're kind of saying if the lower choir of angels, they, you know, for whatever reason, have to access God in a certain way, uh, that they would need the to do it through the thrones. Well, so yeah, the, these, is, so. these are like... Uh, Mentioned in, in Colossians one sixteen, mm-hmm. uh, Saint Paul yeah talks about the the throne. So that's pretty he, interesting. He, I don't know that that one. Uh, he does talk about. I think that verse. I think he's one of them. He's talking about you know not worshiping angels, but the thrones are mentioned in the Revelations as well, as described as sort of holding up the throne of God, um, and then you know uh, you sort of have this uh, functionality of uh, you know being right there right upon God at all points in time sort of singing praise to him there uh, not quite at the level of closeness that the cherubim and the seraphim are at but very close sort of and they're offering you know prayers they're literally right up there next to God very close to him so with each one of these hierarchies we imagine kind of going upwards but really what's happening is there's a going inwards the farther we get up the hierarchy the closer we're getting to god or the godhead you know the divine you know the, yeah the holy trinity you know and so yeah. this is from uh, revelation 8 then i saw the seventh eight, then i saw the seven angels who stand before god and the seven trumpets were given to them And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer. And he was given much incense to mingle with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense rose up with the prayers of the saints from the hand of the angel before God. Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were pearls of thunder, voices, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Yeah, so that's kind of like you see in the angels mm-hmm. that, that might have been. So you have there. like you have this this image there of angels being right up there close. You have the the godly number of seven there, but we know that the throne's name comes from the concept of they're the ones sort of holding up this throne of God, this Godhead. You know this uh, this the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and whatever it looks like in its glory. Uh, something that we can't really, I mean, talking about it is, is just, it's, it, we really fall short of that. But reading Revelations, it's, it's, we can contemplate on this. And so what we see is a projection of the heavenly hierarchy there 
as the saints are offering up their prayers, burning like incense. And so you imagine the smoke, the prayers are burning up, the, burn, the, love, the love there that's burning inside of the hearts of the saints burns, and it's the incense there carries that, uh, those prayers up to the angels who then offer it to God on our behalf. And that's kind of the, the projection of the heavenly hierarchy and how it works. And so now we go back to continue uh, up the ladder of the hierarchy, the cherubim. Now, the cherubim, this is like the second highest of the nine choirs. Mm -hmm. And like when you're that close to God, the closer you get, you see them in the New Testament, um, in the uh, the apocalypse that we just talked about and we, we referenced in, in uh, Revelation. They're, so they kind of talked about them a little bit. Their name signifies fullness of knowledge. Uh, they're characterized by deep insight into God's secrets, and they truly possess the fullness of the divine science of heaven. They enlighten the lesser choirs of angels and are to them the voice of divine wisdom. So I think some people have theorized, and I think maybe in some Eastern traditions, some say that Gabriel is a cherubim, uh, and that's because cherubim are, they're, they have the knowledge, you know, they're, they're the uh, sort of, almost associated they're enlightening the lower choirs there so it's like they're giving messages from god to other choirs uh whether or not gabriel is a cherubim or a seraphim or a throne archangel we don't really know you know uh well you know he's they're not members we think we don't think that they're that saint michael the archangel is a member of the archangel tier basically we think he's a seraphim or high or right up there but the the angels and this is in pseudo dionysius's book the heavenly hierarchies Top-tiered angels can move down and sort of, yeah. they have the full functionality of the lower tiers, whereas the lower tiers don't necessarily have yeah. that same authority. And then that kind of goes back with saying, well, maybe Michael was an archangel, and then after the fall, he was promoted when he rose up and, and uh, had enough faith to sort of challenge this all-powerful angel yeah. because of his faith in God. And yeah, because Lucifer was the highest. And, mm -hmm. and speaking of St. Michael, we see in, in the book of, of Revelation, 12 of verse 7 through 9 says and war broke out in heaven michael and his angels fought against the dragon the dragon and his angels fought back but they were defeated and there was no longer any place for them in heaven the great dragon was thrown down that ancient serpent who is called the devil and satan the deceiver of the whole world he was thrown down to earth and his angels were thrown down with him so that's in Revelation, so we kind of see kind of how a battle could have been ensued for the fight, you know, so it's very interesting. And it's some kind of crazy metaphysical, you know, supernatural battle that's happening outside of space and time. So the only reason that we're sitting here talking about it is because of the book of Revelations. And so it's like, you know, we could probably talk about that for years yeah. to come and never run out of things to talk about there. And there's also a, a, a hint towards that in the book of Daniel as well, where he talks also about Michael rising up, the archangel Michael rising up. Um, and so, yeah, the cherubim are right up there. Now, you're, again, you're getting closer to the Godhead. You've just moved inside of the ring there, inside closer uh, there to the to the cherubim now you're inside closer you're getting closer to god therefore closer to that knowledge and these why these are knowledgeable then you move to the final one seraphim. the seraphim which means burning ones and this is the highest order that we have and you see them reference uh mm -hmm. like in isaiah 
Yeah. Isaiah chapter six, their reference, you see them praising God. They're the ones, holy, mm. holy, holy, right. the Lord of the hosts. And also, um, they're, they're depicted in scripture to having like six wings. Well, there's, there's something I want to talk faces. about with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so first, they're consumed with the fire of divine love. That's why their name is what it is. Um, and they are as close to God as anything is, basically created beings. Um, they have the six wings, right? Uh, I forget which verse, which is that Isaiah, or I forget where, where that's at, but uh, I think of six points coming off, you know, uh, somebody seeing an image of six uh, wings or six rays of lights perhaps coming off of something. And what, do you, what else has six points? Well, a hexagon, and then you know you also then you start to think, well, that's like the star of David. That's the star of David is in the hexagon shape. So, uh, whatever it was, it looked probably similar to the star of David. You know, is is what I imagine uh, is what he's seeing as I read that. But that's just my personal theory. With the wings shooting off, the six wings, six points, and of course the seventh point being the center of that star of David that nobody really sees. You don't see it. But all the lines coming together, converging in the middle is the seventh point. Again, seven, that number is important. We hear that number a lot. God loves the number seven. We're in the day six of creation, and we're working towards day seven in God's rest. Yeah. I like seven, too, because it's uh, I have two sevens in my birthday. So like, I, I, I'm, that's always been my favorite number when I play Madden or NBA 2K or whatever, I, and I create my own player Obviously, I make all skills ninety nine, but the jersey, <laughs> the jersey I would pick is always number seven. That's one of my favorite. I have two of that in my. You know, you have your birthday, your month, your year, your date. I have two sevens in there, so I, I love the number seven. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 funny or not funny, but crazy. Like they're burning with love, and the highest, and you have Lucifer, the highest angel, falling. It's like, man, why? How do you? At the level of the dominions, they're sort of in between the natural world and the kingdom of heaven, yeah. kind of operating there for, on God's behalf. Or was he there in the actual? Because that top tier is like the inside the yeah. walls of heaven, like right up there in the throne room of God, mm-hmm. you know, which they speak of there, containing the art, the ark, and 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 the things of that nature. Also yeah. in the Book of Revelations. Uh, so where was he? Some say you know, some traditions hold that he was in the top tier. Some traditions hold that he wasn't. Um, I would, I, I uh, yeah, yeah, there, there's, there's some speculation, but I would say I kind of like the idea, or not like, but like it's fitting that he, if he was the top, because it's so fitting that the, the number one enemy that he he's never the, the analogy of like God versus devil. That's not really good because God, they're, cre- they're creatures too. They're created by God. So that's, that's that not, dualism. That's, yeah. You know, that's a, that's way a common pitfall. Know. Yeah. You know? So like, I don't see God and the devil like as they're equal at all, like way, no. but, but for him to be the top, it, it kind of, it's fitting that such a, a fall would have such of a ripple right throughout time and eternity like through and come to us and the original sin and you know all those stories it would it's fitting that he was the top like it just makes sense right the closest to the king that's like a shakespeare story you know getting one of the apostles one of the own 12 apostles judas turned back on jesus it makes fitting that one of the you two almost like a a you two uh what is it uh julius caesar you know and we get it you two yeah we almost get a, a projection or a meditation on that with the story of creation, yeah. Adam and Eve and their firstborn son. Yeah. You know, they're 
you know their firstborn, the, their oldest son, you know their yeah. perhaps their strongest son, Cain, maybe. Yeah, uh, ends up you know rebelling, you know, and acting out on his younger brother. Uh, that makes sense. The young, yeah, that like you know, the 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 top the one older acting, brothers yeah. in the story of Joseph and the coat of many colors, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Them, the older brothers, sort of bearing down on yep. the younger brother and casting him out. And it would make sense if he made one third of the angels fall. And of course, that's not like a literal, it's a metaphorical one, you know. I mean, one day, like yeah. yes, and it it's, could be. It's, yeah. it's not good to focus on the the, the literal. Yeah, but like in some lot, ways, I I <laughs> I don't rule out the fact that some of that could be well, literal yeah, yeah. too. True, that, that's you know? true. That's true. Uh, but, perhaps that's their eye into the world as a star, yeah. you know? But, um, yeah, but there was a lot of them. A lot of angels fell. And it makes more sure. it's fitting that if he was the top to influence the other one, because if he was like a middle angel or lower angel, how could he get the other top ones to fall too, you know? It makes right. fitting that if, if one-third of the angels are going to fall, right. they're going to listen to somebody that's, you know, higher than yeah. them. So to me, again, it's, it's we don't know for sure, but to me, yeah. I, I kind of lean on the side definitely that, that uh, Lucifer was the highest yeah. angel. And you have, like in the book of Jude, uh, in Jude 1-6, and the angels that did not keep their own positions but left their proper dwelling have been kept by him in eternal chains in neither gloom until the judgment of the great day. So I, I just, you see it sprinkle and other things too, you see it sprinkled uh, how the, the, the fight, it's not just, you know, like in the New Testament, it's not just against uh, the flesh. It's mm-hmm. not just against the world. There's, you know, principi- principalities and powers. There's right. different things. There's the material world. Right. And then there's the spiritual world. And that could influence a lot. There's a battle going all around right. us. It's the battle, you know. Ignatius, Ignatius taught 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 us about discernment of the spirits. You know, it's good to talk about that frequently. I'll probably talk about that every time I, I come meet with you here. But it's we have the spirit, the Holy Spirit, always kind of there working in our hearts. We have our own personal spirit, our egos there working in our hearts as well, our experiences, our mind, our memories that affect our what, how we think and the decisions that we make. And then there's unclean spirits as they're defined in the gospel. Unclean spirits, you know. these Some people might call them fallen angels. Uh, some people might refer the, to them as like the spirit of anxiety or the spirit of depression. These are how fallen angels work. They work on us in ways that we think, you know, are perhaps... Uh, you know, fixable with medication, but a lot of times, and 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 there are, there are, you know, you should always uh, seek medical advice when necessary. But many times, the 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 real consolation that we need is, you know, Christ is prayer, you know, and uh, an awareness of the spiritual warfare that we're in, uh, and not being afraid to, uh, you know, ask for intercession intercession from your guardian angel or from Saint Michael, saying the Saint yeah. Michael prayer, you know. And I know uh, you have that book that you have, the other one too, the St. Michael one you talked about a little bit about earlier. Um, and this one, what, what is the Thomas Aquinas one? This I know is there's a, different angels. just angel- an introduction yeah. to, to Thomas Aquinas. Uh, he, he talked about angels a lot. One thing I learned from Thomas Aquinas too, because that, that kind of like when I first started dabbling in that or like getting learning about angels, the first thing I asked, I was like, uh-oh, like I wonder if like, uh, angels could like read your mind. I was like, Oh man. And then, uh, so I was hoping, I was like, man, I hope they can't read your mind. And then 
uh, Thomas Aquinas was saying that they don't have that power. No, like they can't fallen angels can't read your mind. So I was like, no. I was like they can I was read like, you really well. No, they can, yeah, they can you know, read you take like, like outside there. You know, a quantum computer well, they know level algorithm good. to be able to predict yes, you and know exactly. you better than Facebook knows you yes. or know you better than Google knows you. They've been you. around a lot longer. You know, they're smarter They know than how us. to read people. They know how to tell if your eyes dilate exactly. and they can see the external. But they, they don't know what's going on Ex- in the yeah, inner yeah. recesses of your heart yeah. when you go to your quiet place praying with God. Yes. So, yeah, uh, so that's They good. don't have physical control over us, you know. Yeah. Uh, really, the only thing that we could do is we can give them power when we manifest the things like evil, when we sin and when we do things that are wrong. This is when we give them a power. Yeah. Aside from that, you know, they're powerless. Yeah. Our then, will is the strong thing here. Our human yeah. will is the strong thing here. You know, we, we need to become masters of that by the grace of God only. Is that possible, though? Yeah, and I could see us, you know, maybe another time talking about uh more of the spiritual battle as like demon possessions like you know what i mean there's the oppression uh, uh, uh oppression and then there's different things infestation and then you have full-blown manifest different different categories and how like what the church looks at okay uh seeing things in the future knowing unknown things maybe some super uh strength anyway you know there's different categories of how this church and you got to get a, a evaluation and there's certain critical steps to go into. i mean could they know like power could they yeah. know the future sure I yeah mean, like know things the about god could permit like that. that you know he they might request that and you know for whatever in God's in God's uh, omnipotent wisdom, He could, you know, approve that somehow. Who knows? Uh, when when the, the fallen angels were created, they were loved, and when they were cast out of heaven, they were still loved. You know, and as they continue to fight against God and His angels, they're still loved. You know. Yeah, and, and we talked about Saint Michael a lot, um, and I want to kind of just. Uh, present also like the saint michael chaplet i have a very cool one i got it from a place called uh, uh rosary uh rosary army mm-hmm. and they have some beautiful rosaries uh, beautiful chaplets and i got a nice one like a red and black one it, it's pretty awesome uh i love it and yeah it's similar to a rosary mm-hmm. um and the St. Michael, I mean, all you have to do is there's prayer cards. There's there's online. You can look it up and it'll show you how to pray through it. Uh, so you go and not just you're not just asking for the power, calling upon uh, St. Michael, the archangel. It's also you're also doing it uh, with the nine choirs of the angels that we just went through. You're calling upon them too, and asking for their intercession, asking for their help um, and in your spiritual battle, anything you're struggling with. And so I think this is a very good and I used to do it a lot more and I should really get back into it. I should really get back into it. Uh, but I was doing it a lot more in the past than I am currently. So maybe, I don't know, maybe this talk will kind of re engage me to start doing it again. Cause I used to do it regularly. They're, they're gods, you know, he created them. So they're here to serve us. They're here to work with us. They're our brothers, you know, somehow in some crazy supernatural way that we're, we're part of the same family as them. They love us. And their job is to help us love God and to, to get to, to be united with God. And so, yeah, they certainly want us to help them. Uh, again, we don't worship them, but we acknowledge them. Number one, at the, at the basics, at the bare minimum, just be thankful for your, for your angels. You know, in prayer, if you don't feel comfortable saying a prayer, you know, asking an angel to pray for you or something like that, then just pray to God and give thanks for the angels. Yeah. 
And, but I love doing it. It's mm -hmm. like you, you do, you say the one Our Father and then the three Hail Marys. And in all of them, you're, you're calling upon St. Michael in every single one. And also uh, the choir of the angels that mm -hmm. we just went through. And you're going through it. Um, and obviously the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer. Right. Um, I say that uh, at the end of Mass mm -hmm. every time after um, I receive Holy Eucharist and I, I do my prayers and, and I spend time with God and reflect and give them thanks. Uh, I will say the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer. And some, some churches, some masses actually say it because yeah. I think that was before what was that pious it's the past right? They used choice. to do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of the, I forget who it was. They used but, to always yeah. do it. Like it was a thing mm -hmm. that every, every parish used to do that after mass. Mm -hmm. Um, and the concluding, uh, not so much now, but there are times that they do it. Right. I say it um, every single morning. I say the St. Michael, the Archangel prayer. Yeah. It's, it's part of my morning uh, routine and prayers that I have. So uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of St. Michael. And also, I just think he looks cool. Like, yeah. of course, obviously, that's not how he really looks. But, uh, you know, that's the idea. And plus, he, he can, you know, if he wants to manifest uh, back then, maybe he did have a sword and wings. Again, well, I mean, there's been humans. people, yeah. there have been people that have there's claimed to meet him. Exactly. You yeah. know, there's a really cool thing. And it'd be cool if we could show a picture of this somehow. But if you look at a map of Europe, there's yeah. about five or so different shrines or chapels or churches that were built in the name of St. Michael, dating over a span of like... 1500 years or, or more one was built in like the uk a long time ago and then it kind of goes down almost like a slash going through the entire european continent all the way down to like italy or greece down there and it's a perfect straight line that line of all these churches and monasteries named after saint michael are lined up one after the other in a perfect line that were built in different time frames by different groups of people you know i mean you're talking about hundreds of years of differences but somehow they're lined up perfectly. And you guys got to Google this up. Look up like the Sword of St. Michael Monasteries in Europe. And uh, it is. It's, it's bizarre. And the legend is, is that that's like supposed to signify his sword slash, you know, casting uh, the, the devil out of heaven. Of course, you know, it's not likely not caused by that. But it is fascinating there to see all of these shrines well, or the churches image of it, yeah. dedicated to St. Michael. And then a perfect straight line going across thousands of miles of, yeah. of geography. Uh, I mean... And I've been looking. I, I, I want to see that. That sounds really awesome and like that. They're beautiful statues over there and, and mm -hmm. uh, shrines and stuff. We need to bring more of that. Like the beauty, the beauty and art. You know, the good, the, yeah. the true, and the beautiful. Uh, a lot of cathedrals. Like I wish a lot of churches, modern churches, were built like those. Not 1970s weird. <laughs> I want the beautiful churches, shrines. But I've been looking to try to build like a really nice, cool. Uh, uh, a little place I can pray at home. And mm. I've been looking at St. Michael, the Archangel statues, and I found a bunch of really cool ones under $100. Mm. There's some awesome ones. There's one where St. Michael looks like he's just been, you know, doing bicep curls and push-ups. He's <laughs> swole. And he has a huge sword, like Conan the Barbarian sword, big old wings, and he has the head of the dragon. It looks awesome. It's wild. And so, like, look, check this. Well, I know you guys can't see it, but I I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show... John Murphy, check that out. That looks awesome. 
Yeah, that, you see that? Yeah, the, I, it's just how I described it. He has the head of the like dragon, a, like a Dungeons and Dragons piece <laughs> yeah. there. You know? Yeah, he looks awesome. Like it looks so cool. And there's other ones too. There's him with a more like uh, he's a little bit slimmer. Like he's more athletic looking. Yeah. Uh, and he has a, a little bit sword, but he has like a big shield with with the cross. And so that's like the 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 pre. Yeah. That's a pre protein, pre creatine. Uh, yeah. Echo the Archangel. Yeah. He's more slimmer. Uh, Younger. But they look so awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then this know, one, too. This one's not St. Michael, but I've been looking at angel statues. I like that one, too. That one looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's an angel with his wings fully extended up, and his both of his arms are in, like, a Christ position. And he yeah. has his sword. His sword is mounted on his belt. So it's like he don't have it out. So uh, it looks awesome. But I've been looking because my favorite, you know, obviously – Jesus, it's cheating to say. I mean, obviously, you know, Jesus, he's he deserves our worship, you know, the Holy Trinity. Yeah. But other than than the Holy Trinity, like some of my, you know, and the Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, She's the queen of the angels. Uh, yes. So, so a Hail Mary, yeah. you know, basically will get you the entire heavenly kingdom on yeah. your side, basically. And what, yeah. And what I tend to like get pictures of or like want to like look at or like want, if I had money to buy statues of, it would be uh, obviously the Virgin Mary. Um, and, um, it would be St. Michael and St. Joseph. Mm -hmm. So I like, those are, that's my, like, you know, if I had a a lineup card other than Jesus, obviously he's the head coach, he's the owner of it, but I mean, it's uh, all possible because of Christ, you know, this is his kingdom. He set this up. He wants us to to enjoy that. He wants us to, to think that it's cool. You know, he designed it that way. I think it's cool. I was like, yeah, St. Michael. It all leads back to him. You know, it's like the, the angels are like arms on an octopus, you know, it's kind of like. The arms are there to serve the function of the whole. Uh, they, the arms on an octopus have their own set of neurons in there, and they are like separate functioning brains in and of themselves, but yet they all work simultaneously for the, the whole. And that's kind of how the angels function. It's like if we say an angel, if I say the angel, of, the, angel the guardian angel prayer, for instance, and saying basically asking the angel to protect me, well, I'm not really asking the angel. I'm asking God to ask my angel to do that, you know, because God's kind of hearing and seeing all this simultaneously. And because he loves his angels and he wants them to work on our behalf and on his behalf, he, of course, gives them that message immediately, you know. Can they hear us? Well, maybe if you spoke out loud. I, I've, I heard an exorcist say that an angel or a demon can hear you if you will it. They can hear your thoughts, you know. So be careful what you will to your angels, you know. Um, but you can ask for protection. For St. Michael, ask for protection. For St. Gabriel, if you need enlightenment, if you need wisdom, if you need guidance, ask St. Gabriel to help you. If you need healing, um, if you are hurting in the heart uh, or emotionally, talk with, uh, or physically, talk with, uh, or ask uh, Raphael to help you. He's associated with healing. Yeah. And so, we say he, but angels yeah, don't honestly, have bodies. Yeah. So they really aren't male or female yeah sure. but you know the usually when they appear it's in male form yeah usually you see that in the bible and stuff and i'm mm-hmm. sure there's been you know private revelations of angels that are females you know to some of the saints and stuff like that or even other people I- i'm sure that happened there have obviously been. god Faustina can, saw saint michael yeah in her god, diary, god can can use that he can he can give somebody a private revelation and and yeah but man we've been talking so uh over an hour about on this and um i love talking about angels and stuff like that yeah. so uh just gonna wrap this up 
um, I want to say that I enjoyed this and I, I, I could see us talking more about angels and also, uh, you know, a little bit of the, the fallen angels and what we can do to, to, to pertain more. And I, I think this also is actually, uh, helpful in that too, going through the choirs. I think we talk about St. Michael Chaplet a little bit, the prayer and what angels, uh, can do and cannot do and, and all that. So I think that's, uh, it'll be very fruitful, Aquinas is a good good guy to to look up when it comes to angels, the angelic for Christians for philosophy. You know, Thomas Aquinas is the quintessential medieval philosopher. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if you're wanting to dig deeper into life, the meaning of life, and religion and spirituality, definitely go look into to Thomas Aquinas. An introduction, though, because his writing can be pretty yeah overwhelming. Not like Augustine is more of like poetic and more emotional. And right. Thomas Aquinas, they say, is like almost like reading an instruction manual. You know, he's very he has yeah. his good syllogisms. He was and he writing setup, for but... seminarians, yeah, exactly. That had probably already been in education exactly. for years. They were already well versed, and so he yes. was writing for guys that were going to be exactly doing scholarly work. You know, mm -hmm. more than yeah. likely. All right, man, John Murphy. Thank you guys for listening to us. John Murphy, appreciate you coming here very much. Would you close us out with a St. Michael the Archangel prayer? Would you lead us in that? Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, Seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening. Please join us every other Wednesday. And if you could uh, support us, five-star review, share with your friends, Google, Apple, Spotify, where most people can find a podcast. God bless. Godspeed. Thank you.